Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. We are joined here uh, in the studio by Fanula Jones, Serena Bellissimo and Oshin Kelly uh, from the Westbury. Oshin's here especially uh, to talk about cocktails because we are going to be reviewing uh, James Bond today. Oshin, good afternoon and uh, welcome to the studio. Hello, Sean. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, what, what cocktails are we going to be uh, talking about? I assume these are James Bondy cocktails we're going to be doing. Yeah, so um, obviously we have to do the most important one, which is the martini. So we'll be doing the Vesper martini today. And we're going to do actually the classic champagne cocktail. Um, not a lot of people know this, but Bond actually drinks more champagne than he drinks martinis, scotch, whiskey, anything in, in the books and novels. He drinks champagne over 120 times. Whereas and that's martinis, just a day. That's just yeah. a day, yeah. That's just in one sitting before he goes off and saves the world. Um, yeah, so he drinks more champagne than anything else. Uh, so we're going to make a classic champagne cocktail and we're going to make a nice uh, Vesper martini, which is the Bond martini. Um, it's a little bit different than what people know. So yeah. Right. I did interview a fellow a while ago and Bond is a, a, is a functioning alcoholic. Uh, or in fact, such an alcoholic based on like they did a count of how much he drinks and like he couldn't actually function at all. Like <laughs> anyone could beat up James Bond if he drank that amount of, of alcohol. <laughs> Don't mind get behind a car and be involved in a car crash, yeah. mother of God. Uh, anyway, uh, you, uh, uh, Serena, you, you know, you've seen it. I have seen it. I've seen uh, it in all IMAX. seven and a half hours of it, or oh, how long is it? It felt like seven. No, it didn't feel like seven and a half hours, but it's two hours and forty minutes. Okay, like you don't want to be having a drink and need to go pee during it because you don't want to miss anything. So, yeah, go in yeah. dry. <laughs> no, but you did say you don't want to miss anything. So you, you didn't want to miss anything. I didn't want to miss anything just in case that was the bit that I missed and then I wouldn't understand what happened later on. Cause there's <laughs> is a, the plot that complicated? It's just, do you know what it is? There's just a lot going on. Two hours and 40 minutes. Um, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, do you know the what? longest Bond ever, apparently. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Wow. I just don't feel like any movie needs to be that long. Like no. that That's a mini-series. We don't need yeah, two hours and true. 40 minutes. Um, now, is it that length? Because you know the way, like, in the Marvel movies, they have, like, basically an hour and a half of plot and two hours of fighting and at either end of it. There is are, there... Yeah, there's a lot of action. And, mm. a lot. Uh, you know, there was one, one bit... Now, I'm not going to tell you, in reviewing this, I'm not going to tell you a lot about the plot because I do think that you need to go and just be surprised. I was surprised... A lot of the way through it, um, but a lot there of is the reviews give away, you know, and a I, lot of the plot. I don't think they should. So, like, yeah. and, and I really think this should probably be the weekend. You should go see it before everyone really tells you what's going on in the film. But there is a lot of action, like a lot of driving stunts, a lot of motorcycle stunts, a lot of stunts. Like Daniel Craig has given this his all. It really does feel like the fitting swan song he deserves, and it feels like for the remember he was talking about not coming back and doing this. Mm. But it feels like he actually enjoyed coming back and saying goodbye to Bond. Are there too many baddies in it? The baddies didn't really do it for me, Sean. Really? Yeah, I felt. Oh. Yeah, I felt the baddies were just like, nah, I'm not interested. Remy Malik's all over for him. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he was great. And there was Christoph Waltz as well. He played a, a baddie. And talking about the baddies, um, a lot of people have come out and just gone. You know, we asked you before, please. When you do your Bond baddies, they're always disfigured somehow and it's usually facially disfigured yeah. please don't be doing that and then after I watched it on Tuesday night tweets started and a lot of people came out and said we asked as a community please do not be showing people who are facially disfigured as villains and yet you continue to do it so oh, that's an interesting point yeah so there's a bit of backlash there uh, someone says am I the only one who thinks James Bond is the head of Mick Lally um, who <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you're the wrong person to ask. Yes. Uh, really. Uh, obviously, Fanula. Can I, I ask? For, do you think he's the head of McLaren? Yeah, actually, I'd never you thought of see before, it there. But, you yeah. could see him. Yeah, you could yeah. see him rolling around in hay, you know, and causing scandals uh, back in the nineties. <laughs> oh my is god! This yes, yes. <laughs> it always comes back to Glenroe. Whatever it is. Uh, can my eleven-year-old go to see the new Bond movie? Um. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that if the 11 year old watches Bond, what he's going to see or she is going to see up on the screen is probably not going to be anything surprising for right. them. Right. Okay. And the other movie you're going to be talking about? The Guilty with Jake uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. It's on Netflix. Something completely different. This is a film that you can definitely tell is made during COVID times because it's basically Jake on screen 95% of the time on his own. Right. Okay. So yeah. that's just. That's just a YouTube channel then, really, rather <laughs> yeah, than feels, a movie. It's, it's funny because it's a remake of a 2018 Danish movie. Of the, It's the exact same formula. It just, I love Jake Gyllenhaal and I think he can, I can watch him do pretty much anything. But I have to admit, thank goodness it was only 90 minutes. I was bored. I just oh kept turning to my husband going, is it over yet? Can we fast forward? Can we just fast forward? He's like, yeah. you cannot fast forward. You have to sit Isn't through Isn't he thing. supposed to be saying that to you, given your job <laughs> as the reviewer? <laughs> yeah. no, I just, I wasn't really enjoying this film. Right. Okay. Uh, and Fanula, I'll come back to Graham Norton as a new gig because that sounds like a happy event. It, this uh, Steve Coogan is going to play Jimmy Savile. Uh, in a BBC adap- adaptation in a sense how could you be sensitive about a subject like this I, I hate I don't this know. I hate this so much ever since I've read it I'm just like I don't know who in the room thought this was a good idea as you said it's Steve Coogan he's going to play Jimmy Savile in this BBC One documentary or uh, drama series again that should be flags like why are the BBC handling this um, it's going to be called The Reckoning and it's going to tell the story of the presenter's rise uh, and the subsequent sexual abuse scandal that emerged after his death um, and as you said the BBC have said they're kind of they're working closely with those impacted by the story to ensure that the stories are told with sensitivity and respect Coogan came out and said he didn't take the decision to play Savile lightly mm. I just, I would have reservations about this, even if it wasn't the BBC, but the fact that it is the BBC, how are we supposed to trust them that this is going to be told in the way that they're saying it's going to be told when they were the ones who yes. basically let yeah. him get well, away they... and admitted that they let him or missed signs yeah. throughout his entire career? It just, the mind boggles. And I'm kind of surprised out of Steve Coogan that he was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I just don't see how anyone comes out of this well. Like, so I think it's safe for the BBC to go for someone like Steve Coogan because he's so likeable. So I, I think... Yeah. I, I don't mean to be in their mind, in their heads. I don't know what they were thinking, but if they've gone for an actor like Steve Coogan, they're thinking the backlash maybe won't be that bad because yeah, he's an be actor who's well-liked. It'll be at the BBC mm. itself. Yeah. And if, if the BBC doesn't implicate itself as being a significant part of the problem, then... I think I'll get roasted alive. Yeah, that's. I just. I don't see how this is. This is going to work. But and this isn't even something I want to watch out of curiosity. I'm just yeah. like, keep this away from me at all costs. To be honest. Yeah, it's interesting that you know when you kind of look at in, in our house, we kind of send each other lists of films mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and then kind of you know argue about that. And like, there's always a kind of. I don't want to see films about terrible things that happen. I know terrible things yeah. have happened. That's not all stories need to be told again. You know, yeah. like we know what happened. It was awful. Like I don't yeah. really see how that actually helps anyone, particularly the victims. I'm just, we're rehashing this for who? Who yeah. wants this? Who's the target audience for this? I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. It's a very strange one. Grand uh, and cheery of a Friday for yeah, me. Yeah, very sorry, grand guys. and cheery of a Friday. Anyway, yeah, sorry about that. Actually, we just finished watching a thing called uh, Mrs. Wilson. 
uh, last night. I don't know that. What's that? It's it's you know Ruth Wilson. Uh, 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 she was in the affair. Okay, she's yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, um, uh, She was in a lot. She's been in a lot of things, but I suppose she was uh, first came to prominence in the affair. But it's it's a three parter she made for the BBC. That what's on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. But it's about her grandmother. It's a true story about her grandmother and her grandmother. Uh, was working in the, the Ministry of Defence during the war. She was a typist. She met this guy, this kind of dashing kind of military guy. He was uh, significantly older than her. Then he started courting her. He told her that he was married, but he just got divorced. There's a scene where he hands her the divorce papers. And then every now and again, he has to flit off to do kind of undercover work. And she knows he's an actual spy because this is where she meets him. Yeah. Then he dies. Now, this all happens in, this is like happens in <laughs> No the, spoiler here. This is not yeah. a spoiler. <laughs> she, uh, he dies in, uh, um, you know, in the first 10 minutes of the, the first bit. And a bit later, a woman comes in the door and says, oh, are, are you his landlady? She says, no, I'm his wife. She says, no, I'm his wife. <gasps> I love those uh, kind of stories. And then she finds out every single thing about his life was a lie. Absolutely wow. everything. And I, th- there was loads of more spoilers I could give, but it's on Netflix. Go and watch it. It's fantastic. Three episodes. Three so it's episodes. not a massive commitment. Oh, that's grand. Yeah. It's not a massive commitment. And there's, not, there's no fat in it. Uh, yeah, and, we like that. Yeah. yeah. And Get like to the point. And it's a complicated story, but it's told really well. And it's her actual grandma. She's her, playing. And she's playing her own grandmother. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah that's cool. And she's uh, such a good actor as well. She's got a kind of rubbery face Is on she her. Irish? <laughs> I don't think so. I think she's English. No, no, she must oh, be no, very... no, she might be English. Yeah. Yeah. Well, her grandmother Sorry. was English in, during World War Two. That's pretty English, <laughs> I would have thought, uh, with a name like Wilson. Anyway, Oshin, what drink are we going to have first? Uh, so I think we'll start with the Vesper. Um, so the Vesper is the Bon Martini. Um, I guess we we serve these a lot around in the Westbury in the sidecar bar. Uh, we have a Martini trolley that we um, push tableside. And a lot of people will come and ask us, you know, oh, I want a martini. I want to try a martini. Shake and not stirred, you know, they'll make the same mm. joke every time. So yeah. it's, it's always good. So the Vesper Martini is actually originally pops up in Casino Royale. So the first drink Bond has in Casino Royale is actually a um, an Americano cocktail. But later on in the film, he has a Vesper Martini. And we would have seen this in Daniel Craig's 2006. He had the Vesper Martini classically called for it. So he calls for two parts of gin one part of vodka and a touch of Kina Lille. Now, Kina Lille is something that's actually not available anymore. Uh, it hasn't been around since the 80s, 70s, 80s. It, it disappeared off the off the, off the uh, thing. Sorry, just open this. Um, it disappeared out of nowhere. So what we're using... Looks like, like you brought a bag of crisps there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. yeah. Well, we have to keep everything fresh. Yeah. Um, we only use fresh ingredients. Um, but Kina Lille was, um, it's, it's a vermouth, basically, like, like a type of wine is the closest kind of thing to say to it. But nowadays, all they have is a thing called Cokey Americano. It's the closest in flavour profile. So what, that's what I'll use today. And actually around in Sidecar, we created our own gin for these things. So for, for our gin and tonics and our, and our, and our martinis, because they're so important to us, we wanted a, uh, something that was going to hold up to the flavour. So... Why uh, Fleming always went for gin was it had a little more flavour, a little more depth to it than vodka. Um, but I was I was saying earlier that Fleming actually did drink the Vesper. He created it and he went back years later to taste it and didn't like it anymore. He he fluctuated so much in his tastes that he would go from I love this drink to I hate this drink. I don't want to have it anymore. So okay. um, so those mood swings are a clear sign of alcoholism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just saying earlier, Fleming actually... Uh, after his heart attack, he had a heart attack. He he sent a letter to the Agriculture for Ministries for Food and Drink and asked them to give him a list of the finest spirits in the UK. 
because he was only allowed three ounces of spirit a day and he wanted to make sure it was the <laughs> finest spirit uh, possible. Um, yeah, so Vesper, um, I'm just going to add some ice here. The Vesper is actually named after a character in the in the movie, Vesper Lind. Yeah. And I don't want to give it away, but her name pops up again in the new No Time to Die, which I seen last night. And that was Fleming having fun again. He always had fun with his story, so... Vesper Lind, if we say it very fast in a German accent, Vesper Lind, Vesper Lind, Vesper Lind, is actually West Berlin. Okay. It was him referencing the fact that she was always going to be a double agent in it. She's a double agent. So she kind of betrays Bond, but he loves her so much, you know. So um, she arrives to the bar just after he has ordered this drink. He's asked for two parts gin, one part vodka and a touch of Kina Lille. And she asks what he's drinking and he, he says he hasn't named it yet. And then he says, you know what, I'll name it the Vesper. And the Vesper actually was a drink that Fleming had had in, in Barbados. He just had a drink. I, I, the, the recipe isn't there, but he, he just saw the drink. He said, Vesper, that's a, good, that's a good word. And it came back up again when he wrote uh, Casino Royale because he said he needed, uh, he needed a good name for a drink, you know. Um, so the Vesper is actually what, when people think of Bond, obviously he drinks a dry gin martini and a dry vodka martini, but the Vesper is actually the Bond martini. It's the one that he calls for Casino Royale. And it's the one that he says shaken, not stirred. Right. So I'm going to shake Does, this. Does it now. make any difference if it's shaken or stirred? Anyway. Okay, that's a good question. Um, so a lot of people these days have moved towards stirred. Um, what stirred does is it keeps the complexity of the drink. It adds a small bit of dilution, um, and it doesn't add a lot of water to the drink. What's popular now is a thing called the direct martini, where you will freeze a whole bottle of gin and literally just pour that straight into your glass from the freezer. That's a direct martini. Right, so stirred is more subtle. Stirred is subtle. You're not yeah. you're not disrupting the drink too much. Yeah. But when you shake a cocktail, when you shake a martini in particular, I'm only going to give this a short snappy shake, you bring the temperature down very fast and you add that small bit of dilution. And a lot of people think water is bad for alcohol, but it actually allows a lot of the flavour to come through. You know, they they add water to whiskey regularly at whiskey tastings just to, to open up some of that flavor. Um, so the Vesper has to be shaken. It's it's a right. lot of alcohol in it, so you need that little bit of dilution. Right, okay. So Bond is an utter vulgarian. That's yeah. what I'm hearing there. From I'm going to shake He's this. He just wants to get as drunk as possible. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to shake this, so it might make a little bit of noise, but I'll, I'll be very fast. So. Okay, that's a lot of shaking going on. So, you, uh, you know the way like uh, they do that in a kind of, you know, uh, almost like, do you have to learn that? Is, that, is there so, you know, a particular uh, shaking school? Because it's got a kind of a groove to it. Yeah, you know? so it's the kind best, of slightly Latin. How I teach uh, new starters or I teach people when I'm, when I'm saying them is I'm left-handed. So I always put the, my thumb on the top, my left thumb on the top and my, my right pinky finger on the bottom. I hold it from the top and the bottom and I go from my prominent shoulder, which is my left side. And you just want to fully extend your arms out. So you want your, your, in my case, my right arm, but anyone right-handed, their left arm, to be a full extension when you're full and snap back in. The most important is actually the power that you put out. So you push out and pull in. And that's the best way to do it. Just push from your prominent shoulder and pull in. And if you do that motion, kind of like you're reaching for something, you, you'll get it fairly good. Wow. But could you, you pull a muscle doing that? That sounds yeah, kind of could. fairly. Many of our men have been damaged <laughs> that way. Um, or you can do, which I can show you here, you can do, with, which became a popular shake in uh, kind of the 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 up-end uh, hotel bars in the UK, bars like our, our own one, the Kensington, they would kind of shake like this. Um, they would shake up and down. So you, you're just using... Okay, that looks kind of suggestive, to be honest with you. <laughs> I see looking at a man standing behind the counter yeah, doing yeah. that. Uh, you, I call but, the management. But what happens there is you have more power from your shoulders yeah. and you don't tire your arms out so much. 
Right. Um, yeah. Now, the most important part is sharing your drink out. So you want to share a little bit of it out. Okay. Now, why why a sieve? Why a sieve? Oh, I'm using a fine strainer is what we would call it. Okay, so. Um, yeah, a sieve. A sieve. Excuse sorry, you. I, 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 I look um, sieve-like yeah. to me. <laughs> sorry. Oh. Now. Uh, the fine strainer is to make sure you don't have any ice particles in there. Oh, you know, right. You've already diluted enough. Um, you don't want to get the ice in it. Now, because I've just shaken this a little bit lightly because it's a martini, I won't have much ice, but I also don't want you getting any ice in your um, in your drink because it's it's a martini. We don't want any extra ice. And we serve these up um, in our in our bar around the sidecar in the Westbury. We actually take the glass from the freezer um, and it's that's very, very important. Temperature control is so important for your martinis. The colder you get this drink, the f- far better. Um, now, I've gone a little bit kind of off-piece here today. Generally, the uh, Vespa would have a lemon zest, but because I've used our sidecar gin, which would have a lot of bitter oranges, and actually the botanicals we use are picked from Stephen's Green. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got fresh nettle and, and some bitter orange from around there. Um, I'm going to garnish it with a little orange zest. So you just want to, you just cut a little bit of your orange and you squeeze it to get the oils. You want to release the oils on top of your martini. And that's that's basically your zesting, so... So there you have it. Okay. Um, do you have to get special permission to get these things from Stephen's Green? <laughs> uh, or do you just like uh, at midnight just send a fella <laughs> to jump in over the wall? Oh, uh, we, we, we went to foraging, but it was okay. We we uh, <laughs> we, dis- we distilled them then uh, uh, in, in Chicor in Still Garden. It's a local uh, garden distillery, community distillery. And they made us up our gin, which is, it's 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 fantastic. I'm going to pass these martinis around. Still Garden is um, amazing. I yes. love it so much. Right. So, is it an actual mind. garden or just you know? Uh, you go drink they it. have a garden distillery next door. Uh, right. It's really gardening. Okay. Garden. Yeah. They were okay. kind of just throw so, seeds in and. Okay. Um, no, actually, yeah. Serena's going to bring Serena. that. Uh, yeah, um, but they do their own. You can go and make have your own gin made yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I did it before, just before Christmas, and you get to bring the like you decide what botanicals you want in it. I did like a like a tea kind of like a Barry's tea kind of yeah. flavored one. That's a and botanical. Well, uh, see, they have some yeah, like, like something ones. your mammy would choose. <laughs> it's it's divine. I love it. <laughs> Oh my god! This oh god! It smells, smells lovely. Yeah. So that, yeah. Now the orange rind is very good. That's touch, your orange yeah. oil releasing. Now our orange as a citrus is a little bit sweeter than lemon, so it doesn't have that sharp kind of kick. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It, might, it might blow your head. Oh off yeah, a bit, it sits so. up and says hello. That's for sure. Mm. So like yeah. I said, this this drink is almost eighty mils of pure alcohol, and you're only adding when you shake. You only add about ten or fifteen percent dilution. So so we've used our sidecar gin. So there's two parts of that. A part of vodka would suggest something premium, or or you know if it's anything you have around something nice. And then Coke Americano is the best for the Vesper, I think. And you want to go two parts, one part, and then a little bit less of your vermouth, depending on your taste. Okay, that's yeah. a winner, Oshin. Thanks very much uh, for that. Uh, we do have to take a commercial break. Before you're unable to pronounce the name Felix Leiter, shall we, uh, re- <laughs> we review James Bond first? Can we? My mouth is on fire. <laughs> yeah, okay. No time to die coming up after this. James, you don't know what this is. James Bond. Licensed to with Madeline Swan. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. And life is all about leaving something behind. Isn't it? Come on, Bond. Where the hell are you? If we don't do this, there will be nothing left to save. I have to finish this.
That's uh, No Time to Die, uh, the latest James Bond film, where, as ever, the baddies all sound like Angela Merkel. Uh, so, <laughs> this, uh, see, as far as I understand, this starts with the usual Bonds in retirement trope, yep. uh, and then something terrible And happens. he's not coming out of retirement. Yeah. I don't care what you throw at me, I'm not going to come out of retirement. Yeah. And then, oh no, I have to come out of retirement and yeah. I have to save the world. I'm not, I know you said a lot of people are out there and they're giving, um, plot lines and stuff, you don't need to know the plot. If you're into Bond, you're into Bond. And if you're not, you're not going to enjoy this, right? All I will say is that... Well, say that there's a middle ground. There is, I suppose... Is that like, you know, watch it in six months' time on the telly. Kind a of. Christmas. I, yeah. That's me. Yeah. I'm the middle ground. That's me. Yeah, yeah me too. Would, yeah, see, I yeah, I probably... I, I don't dislike it. I don't love it. I don't seek it out. But yeah. I wouldn't be watching it at Christmas. At two hours and 40 minutes, that's a lot of your time. Your dinner will be burnt. To, yeah. <laughs> Or it'll have yeah. gone really cold, like yeah. one or the other. I just think that if you're going to see this, this is something that you need to see in the cinema because you, even if you do watch it at home, now with all our pauses and stuff like that, that you can, you know, go to the bathroom and stuff, I don't think you you get the same interaction with the film that you would get if you're in the cinema where you're going to give it your all. Whereas if you're at home, you're distracted by so many other things. Does this need to be two hours and 40 minutes? No. Could this have come in at two hours? I really think so. Do you know, I would have even forgiven this coming in at two hours and ten minutes. I think there's probably one too many stunts seen and, you know, Bond fans are going to go, no, there's not. You can never get enough. What I do have to say is nobody does Bond, like stunts like Bond does stunts. Not only do well, they... clearly. Yeah, but not only yeah. do they look spectacular, <laughs> but visually they are stunning. Yeah. as well. Um, we've all heard Daniel Craig say, you know, um, with the last Bond, he was saying, no, I'm not coming back. I'm actually glad he came back and he did this. I think this is the swan song he deserved. I'm not a massive fan, but I did feel all the emotions watching mm. this. Um, yeah, it's very hard. I'm not going to give any What kind of emotions? Everything. I may have even shed a tear. Right, okay. I'm not telling you when in the movie I did, no, but I no, may have okay. even shed a tear. The reason why, and usually, yeah, you know me, I fall asleep during yeah, <laughs> over yeah. two hours, right? Two hours and 40 minutes. I was awake the whole time. Okay, I well, was... that's the finest review you could <laughs> give. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I stayed awake. <laughs> but the, the one thing I will have to say is it just me. I was in there, and yes, I was watching the film, but I was watching the audience as well because, you know, half an hour in, I'm starting to get fidgety in my seat. There's people, like, when you go to the cinema, do you just not move in your seats or do you have to move when you're in your seats? Like, do you get fidgety Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, yeah. it depends on the film. If your arse starts to go numb, you notice it more if the film isn't absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah, gripping possibly. you. Yeah, possibly. Because I just kept looking at everyone going, why is everyone sitting still? And I was just like one of those kids just constantly moving. 2.40 is a long time. Um, mm, the, look, you're going to get, this gives you everything you want in a Bond film. You're going to have the liners. You, like, they've acknowledged everything, and I think they had to because... Daniel Craig has said this is his last Bond. So mm. he did everything so does it that Bond feel like would do. That? It does. A, yeah, yeah. It feels like they're throwing. Sense yeah, to they're, it. they're throwing their all at this, and I think this is his best performance as Bond. And the reason why it kept me entertained for two hours and forty minutes, I think the reason why I stayed was it was like, I actually don't know if I want his time as Bond to be up. So I was happy to sort of be in his world, be invested with him. I do like the way that Bond now is not just you know the girls aren't there just to be set pieces, right? They're right. very strong and powerful girls who don't need to be rescued by Bond and sometimes they're the ones doing the rescuing themselves. Um, on that point, and it's, it's been widely reported yeah. 
Um, so I don't think this is a spoiler. He in this film, he's not 007. There's a woman who's 007. There is because the wo- he's retired. Yes, so. so he's just some thug with a stick. That's all he is in this. <laughs> well, he's still Bond. He's yeah. still just because he takes the drunk double o- thug with a stick, <laughs> like you'd see outside coppers of a Saturday night. <laughs> oh well, if I saw this outside coppers on Saturday night, I'd be down there. Um, no, look, the moniker 007 is gone, but he will still be Bond. Um, I actually speak to Lashana. There is a woman who's 007. Lashana Lynch uh, is playing like? 007. Yeah. She is really good. I spoke to her about the backlash and she said oh, it was, was ter- Yeah, well, when it was announced, because obviously this has been like, this was supposed to be released a couple of years ago and thank you to COVID and stuff, it wasn't released. Um, but she said when it was, you know, how these things get leaked, but when it was leaked, there was backlash. She said she was sitting at home and all of a sudden her phone was going off. People were not happy that there was another 007, that it was going to be a female Um Go watch it, find out what her character is, how it plays out. Everybody's, you know, the speculation now is who's going to be the new Bond? Who's going to be the new Bond? This is going to be a very unpopular opinion that I'm about to give right now. I don't think there should be a new Bond. You think think... you should take him out the back and shoot him kind of thing? (laughs) No, excuse me, spoiler alert. (laughs) I, I think we should end the franchise. I, I think that yeah, well, it's not. such... You know that. I know they're not because ka-ching, ka-ching, money talks. But it is such... While I was watching it, yes, I was watch, I was enjoying it. Was I enjoying it for the nostalgia, for the fact that, you know, it was Daniel Craig's final one? I just think it's a very dated franchise. Hmm. I just don't think that Bond suits the society we live in now. And if you're going to change it from what Ian Fleming wrote, why don't we just leave it, park it where it is? If you enjoy Bond... There's enough Bonds out there. Like, this is number yeah, 25. Yeah. Go enjoy all of those. And let's come up with a new franchise. Yeah, they won't, though. But I, <laughs> I, 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 of course they won't, because there's, there's money involved. Yeah, there's and, lots. And, and though it does, like, it's still, it's still predicated on the idea that Britain is a world power uh, and can do that. That they yeah. can send people around the world to destroy half of your, your, your capital city and no one blinks an eyelid because yeah. it's Britain. Yeah, ex- but that's why I'm thinking, like, I don't think, you know, if Daniel Craig was going to come back and do another Bond, then I'd go, okay, we could probably get away with another Bond film. But I think the fact that he's saying, this is it, I'm done, mm. I think let's finish the franchise. Yeah, won't happen though, don't you know. Ka-ching. As Oshin was saying, Oshin was outraged uh, that they got Bond to drink beer yeah. uh, because Bond doesn't drink beer. And in the next one, it'll be Bond going, this is the baby formula I like well, to use. Well, do you know what was hilarious? There was one scene where, and you know that there's product placement everywhere. Yeah. You just know it. But there was this one scene where they had his phone and it was facing down <laughs> so only so we could see Nokia written on yeah, it. And yeah. like, it, it just, it focused on that for a second too long. And then he picked it up and he turned it around and he did what he had to do. It was just he like did, rather Took product. a selfie yeah. uh, for Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, throttling someone to death. <laughs> right, okay, so yes, I didn't know Jay, a Bond wasn't 007 in this. Do they say at the start, James Bond isn't 007? Kieran wants to know. Mm. They don't say you that. Fi- no. no, but you do find, he finds out, he doesn't know he's not 007 until but he's the movie retired. Is well. He retired, so that's well, why What does he given... expect? He's <laughs> very demanding. Conceited drunk things, he still has the same. Uh, <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> the, I think that that the female 007 should replace James Bond. Maybe that's why she's in the movie. Was there any I sense of that? In... I, no, I don't think so. I really don't think so. And if that's the case, again, as I said, I you know I was all for maybe let's have a female Bond. No, let's just leave it. Why? Just because we're attached to something, it doesn't mean we need to continue. And look, the money's still going to be in it, Sean. Like Bond can now become the commercial entity that it wants to be. So just go and be that commercial entity and let's leave the films.
I'm yeah. kind of of the same opinion in terms of like, let's make a female band. It just seems that we're kind of too far gone that it would be tokenistic. At oh, this it's totally point. tokenistic. Yeah. Given... Just like give, make a new franchise. Exactly. But, you know, like I just, yeah, I don't know. And if you have a female bond, does she act like a male bond? I just, does but that's the thing. Bang it's her like, way around, around you know, Central Europe. I would watch that though. You're telling me now, actually. Yeah. Oh, there you go then. Yeah. <laughs> like, the problem is, Bond is such a dated character. Like yeah. the stuff, the way Ian Fleming wrote him isn't the way he is now. And I just think that, like, I, I know I'm saying the same thing over and over, but I just don't think there's place for him in our society anymore. In this type well, of I mean, film. he's a fantasy figure. Exactly. Anyway, of course, yeah, but... but do we need more films? Bond films? No. Twenty-five. Wow, that's that's a nice round number to end on. Yeah. Kevin suggests that perhaps a, bra- a Bond prequel could be next, showing his origins. No oh, more prequels. No, no more origin yeah. stories. Well, Tell new stories. Yeah, well, Sorry, Kevin. Let's be creative. Like, let's use our imaginations and come up with something completely yeah. different. Yeah. I don't need to see Bond coming out of the womb and why he decided to start toting a gun. I just yeah. don't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sorry. Speaking of prequels, uh, we, there's a Willy Wonka prequel. I, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, it's definitely happening now. Um, it's a prequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Obviously, it's called Wonka, due to be released in 2023. Timothy Chalamet is going to play Wonka. That was rumoured for a while, but it's okay. confirmed. We also have Rowan Atkinson, Sally Hawkins um, and Olivia Colman. It's from the people who did um, Paddington, which kind of gives me hope because that okay. was received That's very great. well. That's yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's coming to Netflix because they just bought up all the rights for Roald Dahl's pretty much in entire world. Um, but nice Irish connection. Uh, Neil Hannon of the Divine Comedy is going to be writing songs for the movie. So okay. another thing where I'm kind of like, I wasn't really sold. I'm kind of sold now. So right. But I also don't and, care. And like, is the only other thing he's done for screen My Lovely Horse? Um, I think so. Which he wrote. I think uh, so, but I am. I'm open to correction on that. Yeah, 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 he did yeah, that. Hannon wrote that. Yeah. My lovely, I don't know, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so like a winner. You were kind of saying it was garbage and then suddenly, hey, it's the new bond. The more I thought no, well about done. it, I was like, mm, I, think, I think it could work. But I'm just also like, I think of the plot and I'm like, oh, it's Willy Wonka and he had a dark childhood and he was just, I'm going to start a factory and become a raging capitalist. I just, I don't know. But, it's too but I will still watch it. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, I think. Yeah, it, it's people watch for him. Exactly, he's the internet's boyfriend. Do, do, people love him. Yeah, well, do you do. know what's happening with Netflix? A lot of their stuff, which is great, it's great to see them, you know, investing money in in the arts and stuff. But a lot of the the things that they're making, they're investing in the cast yeah. rather than necessarily the story. So, oh, like, yeah. half the time oh, I'm watching, yeah. going, I'm only watching because I actually enjoy spending some time with you, and this is the only way I'm going to get to spend yeah. time with you. That sounds very creepy, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, <laughs> uh, um, definitely. Uh, and also, given that we were talking about uh, Steve Coogan playing uh, uh, Jimmy Savile, David Tennant is going to play Alexander Litvinenko. Yeah, I am actually very interested in this because I don't know if anyone watched um, Days the drama about the serial killer Dennis Nielsen he played him and he is just in, I think David Tennant's incredible anyway but he is terrifying in this so so good but yeah as you said he's going to play Alexander Litvinenko uh, in another ITV drama based on the investigation into his murder um, it's kind of like it features I think contributions from his wife as well who was obviously kind of mad campaigning to be like what the hell happened here um, four part drama I don't think we've released it yet but again it charts like the 10 year investigation by Scotland Yard into his death um, and kind of everything that led up to it and the aftermath so I would imagine that would be good just based on having seen him in days and he actually looks like him if you kind of look at the two of them side by side some of the pictures it's a bit I feel like he could embody him really well okay 
That'll be an interesting one. Right, we do have to take a, a commercial break. Uh, we have another movie and another cocktail to talk about after this. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. Uh, a few people texting in want to know what was the name of the series I was speaking about. It's called Mrs. Wilson uh, and it's on Netflix. It was made uh, by the BBC. DJ says, uh, what was Ian Fleming drinking when he wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Something stronger than gin, me thinks, or perhaps he was smoking something like that. Uh, Robert says, Neil Hallen did uh, the theme tunes and incidental music for Father Ted and the It Crowd. Is the Willy Wonka movie a prequel to the books or either of the movies? Is that clear, Fanula? I don't think it is clear. I think it's like an original retelling, but it's supposed to be like Willy Wonka's origin story, like pre. So Charlie is a, a twinkle in God's pocket at this point. Like, you know, it doesn't exist. It's right. pre the Chocolate Factory, pre everything. So. Okay. And uh, Dave says Bond probably thought he was as big as Ronaldo and reckoned MI6 would retire the 007 <laughs> designation upon his uh, retirement. Uh, though Michael says on, on the conversation around perhaps having a female Bond, can we ever, for the love of God, leave things alone without PCing it to death? Stop being such snowflakes, says Michael. You're absolutely right, uh, uh, Michael. I'm here with my homie Oshin uh, and my bitchiest Serena Vanula. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, somebody won 10 grand. Here's how it went down. Your chance to win big. News Talk's Cash Machine. Hey, this is Barry Dunn with Friday's Cash Machine Call. Owen Dwyer and Lisa Clark are going to have a good weekend. They are heading into the weekend with thousands of euro from the cash machine. And a moment from now, you could be joining them because we've got over 10 grand to give away. If you've been listening to us today, you will know exactly how much it is. So right now, let's make that call. We do need you to tell us the exact amount to be won today. Oh, and if this is you, please answer within five rings. One ring. Two rings. Hello? Barry Dunn phoning from the cash machine. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? Who am I talking to? Uh, Hannah. Hannah, where are you today? Uh, I'm in Kilkenny at the minute. And what are you up to? Uh, not much, I'm just back from college. Oh, what do you study? Uh, business. Okay, so you know how to handle your money in that case? I do, I'm well aware of it. <laughs> Fantastic. Have you already spent this in your mind? In my mind, I have. Well, we'd love to hear your plans for it. Uh, well, I'm either thinking of upgrading the car or else uh, it'll go towards the Masters. Ah, you, you see, there, there's a bit of me says the Masters. There's a bit of me that says that too, but I also should uh, flash out as well, you know. Exactly. You want a new jammer, don't you? I do. Hannah, I am going to ask you right now the cash machine amount. So a big deep breath. I'm taking it now. Good stuff. 10,000 and 10 euro and 10 cents. What a pro. You're getting a new jammer. Congratulations. Are you actually serious? I am deadly serious. Oh man, this is unreal. (laughs) Were you expecting the call? Do you know what? I heard it on the radio this morning and I was like, you know what? I'm going to win. I was putting it out there. Positive attitude and all that. Well, didn't think I would, but here I am. Over €10,000. Congratulations. Oh, thanks so much. The Cash Machine returns on Monday. Listen to News Talk Breakfast with Kira and Shane Monday morning at 8 o'clock to hear that new cash amount. I could be calling you back on Monday afternoon. Best of luck. News Talk's Cash Machine. There you go. That's Barry done. Now we chuck him back into the cash machine and leave him there uh, for the weekend. Hopefully he won't suffocate. Uh, that was uh, uh, Hannah Rowe he was talking to and she's buying a jammer. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's some sort of drug reference. I thought uh, they were biscuits. Well, she's a student. A Ooh. car? Disco biscuits, maybe. <laughs> uh, those kind of biscuits. Right, we'll move on to our uh, second movie of the day. It is The Guilty. Here's a clip. 911, what is the address of your emergency? 
I just want to talk to you. Okay, I'm hanging up. Just stop for a drive, sweetie, okay? Is there someone with you? Uh-huh. Is the person you with know you called us? No. Who do they think you called? Your child? Yes, sweetie. Does the person you're with have a weapon? Yes. I need the color of the car, okay? When I say the right one, say it's fine. Red? White? That's fine. Is it a car? No, man. Oh, no, just yes or no, just yes or no answers, Emma. I'm sorry, I have to hang on. I have a woman who's been abducted. What are we looking for? A white van. That's not enough. Come on! Just talk to your mommy. She's going to be okay. You promise? I promise. You have air support available? Negative. Air support is grounded due to fire weather. There is a scared little girl whose mother has been abducted. I need a better location. I'll get it. Okay, I think we kind of got the gist of it from that clip, really. Yeah, that, that's it completely. There's a series of phone calls and a series of um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character reacting to them. Basically, he's a demoted police officer who, while he's on trial for something, we don't know what he's on trial for until the very end. Um, but while he's on trial, he's been sent to the dispatch desk, the 911 desk. He... He takes matters into his own hands. The way he deals with the phone calls is like he's still out on the streets. Um, and then it's basically him taking the call and it's all done in voiceovers. Uh, the lady that we heard there is actually Elvis Presley's granddaughter, um, Kylie, no, Kylie, Riley Keogh, who's Lisa Marie Presley's daughter. Um, she's heard in voice. We hear Peter Sarsgaard, Paul Dano, Ethan Hawke. I was bored. Okay. And I hate saying that about Jake Gyllenhaal because his performance was great, but I felt this is probably better served as a play than it is as a film. Mm. Especially like so I say, it could be a radio play. It, it, it could. Yeah. Be, it'd be better as a radio play. I think um, this was 2018, a Danish film. I think it probably worked for them. But when you see an American film of this caliber, you know, when you've got Jake Gyllenhaal um, starring in it, you're expecting to see everything, not just receiving the, the, you know, usually you see what's happening on the other end of the phone call. Yeah, yeah. So the drama, there's supposed to be drama and tension. Eh, the only drama was, is it finished yet? Is it finished yet? I oh just gosh. wanted it to end. And even when it ended, like, it got very emotional. I was just like, mm, yeah, no, I don't even want to give Jake a hug. Like, I'm just, oh I'm over it. I just oh want it to be done. Everyone so Everyone wants to give Jake a hug. Yeah, yeah. So look, I don't know. I think, you know, good on Netflix for taking a chance. I'm really worried about what films we're going to get for the next six months. You know, not the ones that have been on hold for two years, the ones that have been made during COVID and everyone's had to do it within COVID restrictions because this mm. definitely feels like a COVID-restricted film, even when he was in his room, his dispatch room. <laughs> I'm sure 911 dispatch rooms have a lot of people. There were only about four or five and they were all appropriately socially distanced so you know i just yeah it left me feeling a bit bleak and i think at the moment when i'm watching something i just want want to see some escapism i didn't want to go and watch someone else having another breakdown okay fair enough i forgot to ask you the most important uh, question about the bond movie does he does he get his kit off i don't um surely you'd remember that surely you'd remember that Uh, yeah he does Does yeah yeah, but not 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 fully. Maybe that's um, I mean, no, but in the, you know there's that an, scene where he comes out of the sea. Yeah, that's there's one of them, but he's not coming out of the ocean. Um, oh, he's okay. coming down the walkway to get into the ocean at the start. Right. Remember? Yeah. yeah. And then there's a there's a hotel scene as well. Yeah. They're definitely just written into his contract now at this point. Oh so yeah, like, yeah, my clothes fell off. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and uh, another sequel we didn't know we wanted and probably don't a sequel to Gladiator. Yeah, um, the script is ready apparently. Ridley Scott is on the promo tour because he's a few movies coming out. He has that House of Gucci one and The Last Jewel, I think, that are due out soon. 
Um, and he said it's kind of moving further up his priority list. He's working on Napoleon at the minute. So he said once that's done, um, he's looking at the Gladiator sequel, um, which was announced back in 2018. And it's going to focus on uh, Luci- Lucius's son. Um, or Lucius, who is the son of Lucilla and Commodus. Can you tell? I've never seen The Gladiator. Um, um, they were both saved by Russ Crowe's character Maximus from the Emperor at the time, and it kind of follows them, his story. I don't know. Again, okay. Is Russell Crowe in it? Going to be in it, do they think? I, I don't think that's confirmed, but I would say they'll probably get him back for something. Like, who will he play in Somebody who ate several other gladiators at this point. Uh, probably the, the role he'll have. Uh, right, uh, Oisin, uh, dazzle us with our second cocktail. Please. Okay, so we're going to do a classic champagne cocktail. Uh, I was doing some research around Bond. Um, as I said earlier on, Bond, you know, he drinks a lot of things um, throughout the movies. I think Casino Royale is the one where he drinks the most and the one that you were speaking of earlier on, if he actually drank everything that Bond drank in Casino Royale, we wouldn't be able to move. Um, so it's kind of the, the most kind of drinks focused one. This one here I'm going to make for you today. I was going to bring in some just some champagne, uh, specifically this Charles Heidsick, which is which is one we use around in the Westbury um, in our gallery area and in the sidecar. It's what they would say is it's kind of a wine lover champagne. But, um, you know, how I feel about Bond is he would never just order something classic or something simple. But throughout all the movies, Fleming always would have him drink something, you know, something exotic, something new, something fresh. And it was generally something that Fleming would have found on his travels. He lived in Barbados exclusively. So, you know, pretty much he, he Bond never really drank rum. But he would never not have Bond drinking something, you know, high end and luxury, something that was, let's say, unattainable for others around him. It always had to be classy and elegant. So he would drink champagne, um, you know, going into the start of a banquet or if he's like trying to infiltrate, you know, he might be at the one of the fancy dinners and he drinks champagne. And, you know, this this drink really belongs in those kind of luxury fine hotel settings you know it's a it's a classic champagne cocktail so what this mixes up is and here we go there's one for everybody um what this mixes up is basically we take a, sh- a fresh sugar cube a fresh brown sugar cube and we add some angostura bitters at the bottom of a champagne oh i love an angostura bitter. yeah so we yeah. add angostura bitters over the sugar cube and it sits at the bottom and you'll see now that there's a lot of bubbles happening here in the drink um, sugar will always oh that's lovely that's yeah. really nice sugar will always react mm. with uh, champagne and, and, and give that effervescence mm. and it really bubbles up then and so this is actually a, a VSOP a, a cognac so you add a little bit of cognac at the bottom with your sugar cube and some Angostura bitters and that adds a bit more depth a bit more complexity and then you top it up with champagne so in my mind, when I was thinking Bond and I was thinking, you know, of our, you know, if he was in the environment of like, you know, coming into the environment of, of the Westbury or into a fine hotel or sitting in, you know, somewhere in, in, in London, in the Kensington, the Marleybone, somewhere like that, he might go, mm, you know what I'm going to have? I'll have a glass of champagne. But Fleming would never just let him have a glass of champagne. It would be, have to be something extra and something special. Fleming always would describe the drink to a T. It would have to be very specific. So I imagine Bond going... Fresh sugar cube, few dashes of Angostura bitters, a fine a fine cognac, and top it up with some champagne. So okay. definitely this is a Bond drink, if, uh, if uh, ever there was one. And it's absolutely lovely. Thank you all very much uh, for coming in, Serena Fanula and uh, Oshin Kelly there, who uh, may surprise you to know works for the Westbury. Uh, that's all that uh, for today. <laughs> Movies and booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl, more for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie.